0: Ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. If you haven't sent for your picture of Lum and Abner yet, I suggest you'd better hurry. Thousands of rappers have come in requesting one of these big 8 by 10 autographed pictures of the lovable old characters, and we had only a limited quantity to start with, so we'll have to withdraw this offer soon. This picture's just the thing for completing that picture album of yours... ...or for framing and showing to your friends. It shows the old philosophers both as they appear down in Pine Ridge... ...and as they really are. And if you've never seen the real Laman Abner, you've got a surprise coming. You'll never believe that the quaint, comic-looking old fellows at the bottom of the picture... ...are the same persons as the two good-looking men at the top. To get one of these pictures... All you have to do is to write your name and address on the back of a wrapper from a half-pound or larger size package of Horlick's malted milk. Then, send your wrapper to Lum and Abner, care of the station to which you are now listening. Got that? Well, you'll get your picture right away. And now, let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. When Lum and Abner turned all of their hogs over to Squire's Skimp to sell for them, they neglected to get a receipt. Now the old fellows are at the mercy of the square. The hogs have been shipped to Chicago and other northern markets, and the boys have no way of knowing how much money will be due them from the sale. As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Abner down at the Jotham Down store. Lum is just entering.
1: Listen.
2: Lum, well, you had about a half a dozen telephone calls since you've been gone.
1: Uh, who was he to calling me?
2: I don't know. I never asked them. I, I just told them that
1: you weren't here. And they said they'd call back later. Hmm. More like they calling up on to get my advice on some business finance matters, I reckon. Well, they
2: never said. It was one of them was a woman, I know that.
1: Oh, woman? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I reckon it was some woman's club then. Parent teacher association, or ladies' aid society or some of them want me to make a talk at one of the meetings, maybe.
2: Make a talk?
1: Yeah, I will have a lot of that to do now that I've made such a success out of it. Yeah? <laughs> uh, what's the matter with your woman, Abner, Elizabeth? I don't know. What? Well, I, I passed her down the road there just now, and she never even spoke. I lifted my hat and spoke just as friendly as I knowed how, and she just throwed her head in the air and never even nodded. Oh, oh, yeah, I know, Um, uh, You and
2: her has had a falling out. Had a falling
1: out? Yeah. Well, I ain't even seen her in a week.
2: Well, uh, she's the one that fell out. She's mad at you over all the
1: damage them hogs done while we had them over at the place. Well, that was the hogs done that, though. That wasn't my fault. Well, she's blaming it on you anyhow. Why why don't you blame it on you? The hogs is as much yours as it was mine.
2: Yeah, but but she's mad because you made me keep them over there.
1: I never made you keep them over there. That was your idea. Yeah, but she don't know that now. Well, why didn't you tell her?
2: Well, I was the one that told her it was your idea. I couldn't turn right back around then until it was mine, could I?
1: You mean you told Elizabeth that it was my fault we kept them hogs over there?
2: Well, uh, I never exactly told her that it was you, but uh, she knows it was me or you, one, and I told it was not me. That, that must be where she got the hide No, oh,
1: no wonder she acted that way, then.
2: Oh, yeah, she's pretty mad about it, all right. She said some awful mean things about you this morning. She did? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to take up for you, so bad. I couldn't hardly stand myself, but... I had sense enough
1: to keep my mouth shut. Well, I wish she knowed the straight of it. Ain't no reason for her to be mad at me.
2: Well, now, you can't hardly blame her, though, arm if, if you worked as hard as she has, patting the garden and them flower beds out there and, and have a batch of hogs come in there and root it all up, well, you'd be mad, too, I bound
1: you. Well, you talk like I was the one that rooted them up.
2: Oh, no, no, she don't think it was you. She knows it was a hog. But she blames you for leaving the hogs over there.
1: I want you to step out to the phone right now and call her up and explain to her that I never had a thing to do with putting them hogs over there. Uh,
2: well, she ain't home if you just now passed her down the road there. Yeah, that's
1: right. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got things where I'd be feared to go to your place now.
2: Uh, yeah, but I was to tell her that it was my fault, too. I couldn't either one of us go over there. Ain't no use to bring me in on this, for she's done mad at you.
1: Well, I'll go over there tonight with you, ought to talk to her. Undoubtedly, both of us together ought to be able to explain it to her. And I can just stay for supper while I'm there.
2: Yeah, that's a thing to do. Just tell her that you never knowed that
1: they was going to do so much damage when you sent them over there. Yeah, I'll figure out something to tell her. I'll get her back in good humor if I have to sit there till 9 o'clock talking to her.
2: Yeah, Uh, i I just got done patching
1: up a little misunderstanding me and Evelina had with one another.
2: Uh, What's the matter with
1: you and Evelina? Ain't nothing the matter now. She just seen me all dressed up again today, and I hadn't been over to see her, and she figured I was parking somebody else, maybe. Is
2: that where you've been all afternoon?
1: Well, I stopped by there a few minutes. i seen her coming home from school, and I catched up with her and walked home with her and shared her books and all. Yeah? Yeah, I was over to see Caleb Weahunt about making that statuary of us, too.
2: You aiming on having Caleb make
1: it? Yeah, you recollect once before he was going to make one for me, and... I explained to him then how to make them, so he already knows how.
2: Well, he never has made
1: one, though, has he? No, but he's done a lot of concrete work. Made that well curb over at the schoolhouse and that watering trough in front of Dick's store. Yeah,
2: but now, long, that's a heap different than making something that'll look like us.
1: Well, we'll give him a picture of us to go by. See, what he does He just stack a bunch of cement up there and let it dry and then take a hammer and chisel and... And just start chiseling down to where it looked like it.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll pay my part of it, but I'm just a little jubilous about Caleb ever making a statue where that'll look like anything. Oh,
1: I don't think you have no trouble. He did try to get me to leave the hog out of it. Said he didn't think that'd look right us standing there with a the hog.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, I was telling Dick Cuddleson about it, Long. <laughs> he said folks would have trouble telling the three of us apart. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he was judging me about it. Oh,
2: bound man. for him.
1: Just wait till we have the unveiling and present it to the citizens of Pine Ridge. Granny, that'll make them set up and take notice. You think, Captain, years after we've passed on to our reward, folks will be walking by there and pinting at us and saying, there stands the Hog kings." I, I thought
2: we were going to be setting
1: down. Well, there sets the Hog King, then. Yeah,
2: yeah, that'll look more natural, I'm um, having a setting there. But I, I I'm just afraid to think what it'll look like again, Caleb. gets through with it. I
1: don't want nobody getting me mixed up with no hog, I know that. Well, me and him was talking a while ago. I, I believe we've got a scheme studied up to where it can't help but look like us. That is, if you don't mind to having a little plaster paris put on yourself.
2: Plaster
1: Paris? Yeah, you know that stuff they make casts out of, like when you break your arm. Sort of like concrete, dry as well. Yeah, hard. I know what it is, sure. Well, I thought up the idea myself and Caleb says he thinks it'll work all right. He's going to cover us over good with a thick coating of that plaster Paris and let it dry on there. And then when we get out of it, why, well, there'll be a mold of us. And he'll fill the mold up with concrete and let the concrete dry. And then when he takes the plaster Paris off the concrete, why, well, there we'll be. What? I mean, there'll be the statuary of us.
2: Yeah, well, how are we going to breathe if we're all covered up with that plaster
1: of Paris? Well, we'll have to have a tube run out of our mouth to breathe out of it, I think. Like a feller does when he's walking underwater, you
2: know. Yeah. Well, might have us making out like we're smoking a pipe, and we could just hold a pipe in our mouth and breathe through that.
1: Yeah. Seagars, that'd look better.
2: Yeah. Well, now, that gets us all right, but what about the haul? It wouldn't look right for him to be standing up there in a the statue where they're smoking a pipe too long.
1: No, I'm afraid we're going to have trouble ever getting a hog to stay still long enough for that plaster of Paris to dry, too. Yeah, yeah, unless we catch one asleep, it. Well, Caleb's going to study about it, and I'm going to study about it some more. We'll figure out some way. We don't want to start no until Squire gets back from Chicago with our money.
2: Well, I just hope we get our money. I was telling Dick Huddleston about us forgetting to count how many hogs we let Squire have, and... He said we'd be lucky if we got
1: anything. Yeah, we'll lawsuit him to the high courts or get that money. I'll tell you that right now.
2: Yeah, but the trouble is, long we ain't got no receipts. No showing of no kind. Dick says he wouldn't have to pay us nothing unless he a to do it.
1: Well, we've got proof, though, that we turned the hogs over to him. Cedric kept loaded. Yeah, He'll but Dick him. says
2: that Squire could claim that he'd already paid us for him, and we ain't got no way of proving that he ain't. Said it'd just be up to us to prove that the hogs was ours in the first
1: place. Uh, I believe as our ring answered, the phone happens. Is that all right? I think so. Well, it's
2: more like for you. Go ahead and answer Tom.
1: No, you answer If it's somebody wanting me, tell them they'll have to make a pint to talk to me. I can't be jumping up and answering a phone every few minutes. Rich as I am, my time's valuable. Tell them I'm in a conference.
2: Well, uh, which one of them things do you want me to tell them?
1: Well, tell them all of them.
2: Well, I can recollect them. Hello? Yeah, he's here. Well, uh, he said you'd have to make a appointment with him. Said he couldn't be jumping up and answering the phone every few minutes because he's in a conference or something like that.
1: Uh, tell him I'll give him a pint at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Tell him to call me then.
2: Uh, he said for you to call him tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock and he'll talk to you. <laughs> huh? Well, that's what he said anyway. Well, you'll have to talk to him about that.
1: No, I don't want to talk to him. I
2: I'm just you. telling you what he said. Yeah, he's so rich now that his time's too valuable to be talking to you on the telephone. That's what he said. That's your time, Admiral. Just let them know how
1: important I am. They don't want to call tomorrow at 2 o'clock. I don't care whether they call or not.
2: Uh, <laughs> he, he said it never made no difference to him where he ever called or not. That's just what he said. All right. All right, Evelina. Goodbye.
1: Who? What'd you say there to the last Who was that?
2: Oh, it was Evelina. I never seen
1: her so mad in my Evelina. life. Evelina? Well, why in the world didn't you say so? Abner, you idiot. Natural, I'd want to make her wait till tomorrow afternoon to talk to me. Well,
2: tomorrow afternoon be too late anyway, Lom, for she wanted you to take her over to Sea socks to a party tonight, but she said she'd just get Frank Foster to carry over her. I said his time weren't so valuable.
1: Oh, my goodness. Now you did it.
2: Abner, sometimes I get the so dad blamed aggravated at <laughs> you. <laughs>
0: It looks like the hog king picked out the wrong person to impress this time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to have you hear the contents of a letter from Mr. J.K. Long, dealer in leaf tobacco of Versailles, Ohio. I think it'll interest everybody. Mr. Long writes?
1: Hey, please permit me to tell you of my experience with your malted milk tablets. My son, ten years old, has been in very poor health for seven years. we tried everything known to medical science to increase his appetite, but to no avail. About a month ago, we purchased a big bottle of Horlick's chocolate malted milk tablets. They have so built him up that he has a wonderful appetite, eating anything and everything placed before him. And has gained 11 pounds in a little over a month. I cannot speak too highly for your wonderful product.
0: Well, thank you, Mr. Long. As you say, it really is amazing what Horlick's tablets can do and have done in a wide variety of cases. They are sustaining and invigorating and delicious as well. Don't forget, folks, that you can get a big autographed picture of Lum and Abner while the limited supply lasts simply by sending your name and address on the back of a wrapper from a half-pound or larger size package of Horlick's malted milk to Lum and Abner, care of the station to which you are now listening. This is Carlton Brickard, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlick, who now bid you all good night and good health.